0: Thanks for listening to the Apocalypse Papers podcast. This is podcast number two on December 15th, 2015. In this podcast, I will be discussing our present world situation analogous to a maze. I will provide a litmus test for the experts and talking heads who attempt in vain to provide us with any real guidance, direction, assurance, or peace. Today we live in a time of great commotion and chaos in the entire world. We are living in the very last days of the Earth's celestial existence. Most people on the planet fear that the earth will soon experience an end-of-life event or even the end of the entire world. Even the most optimistic of people believe that we will soon experience an end-of-the-world-as-we-know-it event where our world and our society will be drastically different from what we now know. God has assured us that the times in which we live now, that if it were possible even the very elect would be deceived. If it's possible for even the very elect to be deceived, then by that standard, it is easy to deduce that nearly the entire world population will be deceived and not understand what is really happening in the world today and why. Clearly, we are living in perilous times of very significant importance. I submit that each of our lives are very much like traveling through a maze. There is a specific reason we are here on this planet and a specific purpose to our life, and none of it is by chance. And like a maze, we have to work our way specifically from the beginning to the end. The beginning started with our premortal life with God, and then birth into this world. The end that we should be looking for is to successfully navigate the maze and return to live with God and continue to progress eternally. As you know, with any maze, there is always a start, enter, and a finish, exit location. So it is with our world today. We have already begun our journey through the maze of life and find ourselves somewhere in the middle. Most of us have worked through mazes on paper, and some have even navigated physical mazes such as in cornfields, etc. Everyone who has ever navigated through a maze has chosen one or more of the paths that ultimately leads to a dead end. As a result, you have to go backtrack to find another path that might lead you to the finish. When this happens, we don't erase our previous tracks because they remind us that we've already been down that path that leads us to nowhere. Instead, we try different paths where we haven't been before. Quite often, this involves simple guesswork on our part. After all, it's a maze, and there is no immediate clear path as we proceed. Depending on the complexity of the maze and the intricacy of the design, there may be literally hundreds of false paths that can be taken that will not lead to the desired destination. Some people may get lucky in their decisions along the way, while others may have to go down every single wrong path before they ever get to their final destination. It is the basic design of any maze to create many false paths that lead to nowhere necessitating that you continuously backtrack and try again. Such as it is with life, we go down various paths hoping that it will lead us to a desirable destination. Often we find that that path that we've chosen only leads us to a dead end and we have to backtrack and rethink our approach. We all know that when, when we enter the maze that it's going to be a great challenge, and we accept that challenge as part of the process of life. We understand that we are going to go down the wrong path and find the dead ends. We know that the path is designed to be confusing and deceptive, and so we plod along, enduring the maze, hoping to find the destination we desire. And that is how most people approach life. There are so many distractions in our world today that it entices us to go down this path or that path. We live in a world that can best be described as a beautiful seduction of every enticing wonder and pleasure that has ever been conceived. We live in a world where good has become evil and evil has become good. We live in a world where our perceived reality is nothing more than a manufactured delusion. Much of our society is based upon what is presented to us via the various types of media. What we see in magazines, the internet, on the big screen, and the little screen soon become our reality. As a result, many of us spend so much time going down the paths that lead to nowhere that we never get through the maze or we simply give up, feeling that we can never reach the finish. Again, this is not by mistake, but rather by design. Unfortunately, most people will go through this maze we call life in the same pattern, but there is a much easier way. As I said, it's a basic plan and design of the maze that you enter a certain location and try to navigate to the exit location. And so we've accepted the maze builder's confusion for us. However, it is easier to navigate the maze if you begin at the finish exit and work your way backwards. This is knowing the end from the beginning. By knowing the end and working backwards, there are fewer false paths or directions in which you can go down. In this method, the correct path is much easier to see, and many of the dead ends are eliminated altogether. Such as it is in our life, if we know the end from the beginning, we can avoid many of the dead end paths that would be detrimental to our ultimate desired destination. In order to find ourselves in the maze and then see the finish which allows us to work backwards, we must understand our purpose for being here on this planet in the first place. In order to truly understand why you are here and what is at stake, I suggest that you read my book, The Apocalypse Papers, Volume 2, Before in the Beginning, and then spend some time reviewing all the materials on the website, theapocalypsepapers.com. Once you understand where you came from, why you're here, and where you're going, only then can you make sense of the world and the maze we're all trying to navigate. For example, our world is filled with all kinds of violence that is only getting worse by the day. We are now hearing the words, World War III, in the media at an alarming frequency. It is almost impossible not to see the handwriting on the wall that we are all on the precipice of all hell breaking loose around the globe. So are things going to get better or worse? Do I need to worry about the future, or simply have faith in the world leaders that they will figure it out and avert another world war? Will technology save us from food shortages, power failures, bank closures, and financial collapse? What about terrorism, racism, fascism, and worst of all, a worldwide government that some call the New World Order? With all the talking heads and experts out there who contradict each other, it's difficult at best to know what's true and what's completely false. But if we know the end from the beginning, the picture comes completely into focus. For example, from a prophetic perspective, the United States of America will suffer major destabilization. Economically, socially, militarily, and ecologically. The day will come when our country plunges into total chaos and anarchy. The government will become one big mob. Well, actually this has already happened. Our government today is already one big mob. Anarchy will ensue and mobocracy will rule the day. Race wars will be commonplace. There will be starvation, death, famine, and plagues that will cover the entire country. This is all part of God's judgment upon America and the cleansing of His people. By knowing this, it is very easy to see why things are happening in our country and around the world the way they are. It is not by accident, but rather by design. We can see the same thing has happened again and again throughout history. God has his chosen people with whom he has made covenants that will result in God's blessing when they worship and serve him, or God's cursings when they turn away from him. Most people don't really spend any appreciable time really studying the gospel and trying to figure things out. They rely on their own opinions that have no basis of reality whatsoever in trying to define God and what he should be like. They fail to understand that God is the creator, the rule maker the maze maker and designer of the plan of salvation that determines our destiny. We, the created, cannot change the Creator. The only thing we can do is conform to the Creator's will or resist it. If we conform, we get the blessings. If we resist, we get the cursings. That's pretty simple and straightforward. Lots of people today say that if there was a God, He wouldn't allow all the pain and suffering, all the death and destruction. Instead, He would heal the world and everyone would join together in a big group hug and sit around a campfire singing Kumbaya. The reality of the matter is that people who think this way are absolutely 180 degrees off the truth. God doesn't want you to escape trials and tribulations. That's part of the design of the plan. He wants you to be happy and for there to be peace on earth, but only through conforming to the covenants that He requires for us to receive those blessings. God is not the problem. If we keep our end of the covenant, he is bound by the laws of the cosmos to keep his end of the covenant and pour out blessings upon us. The real problem is not God, but rather us. You and I, all of us on the planet, who don't keep the covenants and therefore as part of the laws of the cosmos, we are subject to the covenant cursings that come as a result of failing to keep the covenants in the first place. One of the first things we need to acknowledge is that the world is in the condition it is now, not because of God, but rather in spite of God, and all that He has done to help us be worthy of the blessings He wants for us. It is us, we the people, who have failed to live up to the standards that God set as a condition of life on earth. Secondly, we need to understand that God is always in charge, no matter what happens. Many of us make the mistake of believing that it is Satan who will determine the final destiny of our world, but that simply is not true. He may be in control of his minions, but Satan cannot do more than he is allowed by God. Because this earth is a testing ground for all of us who come here, God allows Satan a certain amount of power to cause chaos and destruction. If you go back and read the story of Job in the Bible, you will see that God and Satan cooperate together to provide a proper testing of all those who come to this earth. It is God who is now pouring out judgment and destruction upon the earth for our wickedness and failure to keep the covenants. When God's people reject Him and rebel, He uses their enemies as the ultimate wake-up call to repentance. We can read about this in Isaiah, when the Israelites rebelled against God and relied upon their own strength and the strength of their armies and technology to stand against their enemies. Because of their rejection of God and failure to keep the covenants, God sent terrorists to destroy them so that the few remaining would turn their hearts back to God and repent. Can you begin to see the connection in our present circumstances? Here in America, we have the land of promise, the greatest nation the world has ever seen, a nation that was once the greatest supporter of godliness and freedom on the planet. And look at us now. We've thrown God out of our schools, out of our government, out of our businesses, almost out of our speech, and to some extent, we've even thrown God out of our churches. America has become the biggest cesspool of immorality and godlessness on the planet, like a cancer on the body. We have turned from God and rejected Him and His servants. Today, traditional Christianity is nothing more than paganism and lasciviousness. The churches have become houses of repugnance, who rather than serving up living bread and water are serving up buffet tables of vomit and excrement. With few exceptions, the clergy of our churches are under the influence and control of Satan. Likewise, the politicians and talking heads are under Satan's control and command. It doesn't matter whether it's a president of a country, a monarch, a king, a dictator, or whatever the head of state happens to be, they're all under the influence of Satan. You can never really hope to understand the world in which we live unless and until you come to the understanding of who's really controlling the world and world events. What's happening in the world today is in direct relation to our faithfulness, or in our case, the lack thereof. God is going to have a faithful group of people who will honor their covenants one way or another. Either we can do it the easy way or the hard way. Unfortunately, we the people have opted for the hard way. And just like those before us, God will allow our enemies, the terrorists, to destroy the wicked who will not repent and return to him. The biggest obstacle for people in this country to overcome is the realization that they are the problem. They are the ones who have broken the covenant with God. We have to understand that God is a God of order and cannot look upon sin with the least degree of allowance, or he ceases to be God. God can't simply wink at our sins and say it's okay because it isn't and it never will be. Yes, I completely understand the role of Jesus Christ as our Savior, and I completely understand the role of forgiveness and mercy. However, that is not our immediate problem that has resulted in God's judgment being poured out upon us. The world is not going to hell in a handbasket because God all of a sudden changed the rules of the Atonement of Christ. Our world is going to hell in a handbasket because we have thumbed our noses at God and said by our words and our actions that we don't need Jesus or his atonement because we somehow know better, because we have our own strength, our own wisdom, and our own technology. Regardless of what you think of how God should behave or react to what's going on in the world or how you should be allowed to think, act, or believe unless you conform to God's standards, all your thoughts... Opinions and beliefs will do you about as much good as ping in the ocean in an attempt to raise the sea level. Unless you conform to God's will and God's standards, you are in direct opposition to God and His plan, receiving the covenant cursings. This is why we find ourselves in this predicament now, because we have rejected God and His standards along with His plan for us that would otherwise bring us happiness and blessings. God will allow our enemies to destroy many of us, and in the process he will humble us, not because he hates us, but because he loves us. He would rather save just a few of us through the refiner's fire now, than lose all of us through sins, by not intervening and persuading us to turn our hearts back to him. One of the things I see in people the most is their blindness to things that should be common sense, and their unwillingness to see the truth when it is pointed out to them. If we truly admit that Satan is in control of the leaders and decision-makers in the world, then it should be obvious that they will behave in a way that is consistent with Satan and his method of operation. We all know that Satan is the father of all lies. So should it be any surprise that all his minions are liars as well? I mean, honestly, how can anyone begin to believe anything that comes out of the mouths of the servants and minions of Satan? I can't tell you how many times I've heard someone complaining about or criticizing a politician or other leader or expert saying that they can't believe how this person or that person could be so stupid and say or do the things that they're saying and doing. It's obvious that any high school graduate could do a better job of running the government than those currently doing it. That begs the question, how can these people be so incompetent and stupid? But the real question you should be asking yourself is... Are these people really that incompetent and stupid? When it gets right down to it, there are only two choices. Either they really are that incompetent and stupid, or they are actually quite intelligent, and it's all being done intentionally, by design. Now when you consider that these people have gone to the most prestigious universities in the world, and have been groomed for these positions as leaders and experts, it doesn't make a lot of sense that they are incompetent or stupid. So that leaves only one choice. They are deliberately and intentionally destroying our country, constitution, economy, etc. These people are neither stupid nor incompetent, because they are deliberately destroying our country with a great deal of effectiveness, thoroughness, and success. While we are so busy focusing on their perceived ineptness, these minions of Satan are efficiently taking down our great republic with amazing speed. If they can get you to believe that they are simply stupid and incompetent, you won't take the time to figure out that they are deliberately destroying our country, our way of life, and the future of our children and grandchildren. They are counting on your complacency and fixation on their stage magician tricks and sleight of hand. If they can get you to buy into the delusion of watching in the left hand of stupidity and incompetence, you'll never notice the right hand of intelligence and deliberateness. People ask me all the time, which party or candidate would be the best one to have in office? The answer to that is a difference in how you want to be deluded. Think of yourself standing in front of a heavyweight champion boxer and him asking you whether you'd rather be hit with a right hook or a left hook. It doesn't matter if the liberal left or the conservative right is in control because you're still getting hit. The results are the same. The only difference is just perception. You are simply deluded into believing you have a choice. The end result is the same. You're going to get hit. Your only choice is which fist is it going to be that's going to hit you. Now the real question is why? Why are these people so willing to sell out to the enemy and sacrifice our country along with all of us? This is perhaps the biggest single stumbling block that most people will refuse to believe. Call it cognitive dissonance or just plain stubbornness. But the result is the same. Most people will fail to believe and understand that the vast majority of the people we call our leaders have a clear understanding of where our country is headed. They know that we are headed toward a global government with Satan at the helm. And they are all jockeying for position within that hierarchy. They don't care what happens to you and I, All they care about is what they can do to help move the agenda along so that their efforts are rewarded with a powerful position within the new hierarchy. Now before you accuse me of having lost my marbles, let me assure you that these people do not see Satan the same way we see Satan. To them, Satan is really the savior of the world. He is their enlightened master of light who has come to save the world and allow his followers to have eternal life Not through the resurrection of Christ, but through technology in spite of God. As our world careens towards its appointed end, you will see technology becoming increasingly important in relation to providing eternal life for the elite. These people believe they can achieve eternal life in spite of God. But in order to do so, they need to rid the planet of all the waste the believers in Christ, along with anyone who does not believe the way they do or serve their needs. Do you want to know a really simple way to tell whether a candidate, leader, expert, or anyone for that matter, is on our side or Satan's side? Jesus gave us a very simple and clear litmus test in telling us that he that gathereth not scattereth abroad, and he that is not with me is against me. Now, if we use that simple test, we can size up any of these politicians, leaders, or experts. But in so doing, we have to completely bypass what they're saying and the stage magician's sleight of hand. We have to see past all that delusion and illusion and focus on their works, what they actually do, and not so much what they are saying. Again, Jesus tells us that by their works we shall know them. That is a pretty simple and straightforward litmus test as well. If we now apply this test to all these people who are running the world against the Word of God, we see that by their actions it is easy to discern that there are very few, if any, people of significant power and or influence who are actually on God's side. As in in past historical times, all these people are working against God and our best interests and working for Satan and their own best interests and ambitions. Once you understand the end from the beginning, all the questions become infinitely easier to answer. As I said, the end game is that America must fall. As America goes, so goes the world. America was founded by a bunch of pagans for the purpose of a new world order or new Atlantis. It may have been settled. By Christians, but it was founded by pagans. If you have any doubts, all you have to do is look around the nation's capital in Washington, D.C. There you will see pagan architecture, symbolism, and statues of pagan gods. Try to find a statue of Jesus or other Christian symbol, and you won't find any. America is the parable of the wheat and the tares. The Constitution of the United States of America was clearly inspired of God. However, like the parable of the wheat and tares, it wasn't designed to prevent the tares representing evil from growing with the wheat representing good. Quite the opposite, the Constitution provided the tares freedom to grow alongside the wheat until the final day of judgment. America is the only country on the planet that has a constitution that ensures that Satan's plan can grow to fruition right alongside God's plan without any interference whatsoever. This way God could ensure that all things that directly opposed his plan would be allowed to flourish, therefore providing an opposition to all things to his plan. In other words, a fair and balanced plan in which we could all be tested properly. Satan's plan could never have been allowed to grow in any other country at the time because any advocates and or followers of such evil would have simply been put to death. When you look back on history, William Tyndale, for example, was burned at the stake by the Catholic church leaders because he published his English translation of the Bible so that the common man could read it and not have to depend on the priest to tell him what to believe and how to worship God. Can you imagine what would have happened if the pagans and Satanists would have openly practiced their beliefs? Whereas in America the Constitution has always and will continue to guarantee the pagans, the Satanists, and everything else that opposes God the right to practice openly everything they desire under protection of the law, The law was even changed in the early 1970s to allow for legally killing children and offering them upon the sacrificial altar to Satan, just as in the ancient days when children were sacrificed to Baal and Moloch. Today we've sanitized the practice under the guise of a woman's right to choose. Today, millions and millions of children are slaughtered in abortion clinics, and more people get upset over who won the most recent sporting event than the slaughter of our unborn children. Now, if our situation wasn't bad enough, we have all the talking heads in the media and news industry who are trying to predict how to get out of the maze, and they have no idea themselves what the future holds. Because they are so void of any spiritual insight, the best they can do is guess about what any or all of this means. They're standing in the maze trying to predict whether a right turn or a left turn might be the best, when they have no idea whatsoever. It literally boggles my mind when a news reporter interviews some actor or other media personality asking their take on the current events. In ancient days, the word actor was synonymous with the word pretender or liar. Why in the world would we want to take any advice from someone who makes a living by pretending and lying? If I want to become an actor or liar, I'll seek advice from someone from Hollywood. If I want some advice on prophetic events, I'll seek it from the scriptures or someone who is an expert on the subject who has some spiritual insights. Isaiah saw our day and described it in chapter 47. Verses 12 and 13 are especially pertinent to our discussion. Stand now with thine enchantments, and with the multitude of thy sorceries, wherein thou hast labored from thy youth. thou art wearied in the multitude of thy counsels. Let now the astrologers, the stargazers, the monthly prognosticators stand up and save thee from these things that shall come upon thee. Notice how Isaiah is mocking us in his vision and the way he records it in the scriptures. He's saying, you fools think these talking heads are going to stand up and save you from these things that shall come upon you, knowing full well that they can't and they won't. First of all, we are wearied by them because they are like the wind and they blow in every direction. At this juncture, they have been predicting a collapse of the financial markets and global economic failure, crop failure, starvation, civil wars, etc., now for at least a decade or longer. Now, that doesn't mean that these things aren't going to happen. Because they absolutely are going to happen. It's just that every year they keep telling us that this is the last year of the world as we know it, and then next year it's the same. As Isaiah clearly points, or should I say, mocks us, is that all these talking heads and experts can't do anything to save us from what we've brought upon our own heads. Having said all that, it is worth pointing out here that all these astrologers, stargazers, and monthly prognosticators serve a useful purpose for Satan and his plan. This is not unlike the boy who cried wolf. Each day... Each week, each month, and each year, that these talking heads warn of impending doom that doesn't materialize, it further desensitizes the masses from the fact that it eventually will happen. Think about all the hype we heard in the past about Y2K and the world was going to end. And then it was the Mayan calendar that predicted the end of the world in 2012. Even people who were preparing for Y2K or 2012 have since begun questioning the need to be prepared. And the detractors mock those who are trying to get prepared, telling them how foolish it is to prepare, citing Y2K and 2012 as reasons not to believe all the hype. These experts and talking heads aren't going to be able to save you in any way, shape, or form. The best that you can hope from them is more the same. More speculation, conjecture, guessing, and theorizing about the future. That's all they can offer, because they don't know the end from the beginning. At the end of the day, the mess in which we presently find ourselves is the direct result of our own doing. Not only have we as a people and a society allowed evil into our lives, we have embraced it, we have fostered it, and we have protected it and guaranteed its survival. We have deluded ourselves that all is well in Zion, and now when the hens have come home to roost at our own doorsteps, we are beginning to find the chicken crap all over the steps and sidewalk to be grossly unappealing. Unfortunately, We have waited too long and procrastinated the day of repentance too long to save our country. The wheels are already in motion and the end is certain. We will continue to suffer as a people, as a society, as a nation, and as a world, as Satan continues to stir the pot and God continues to pour out the covenant cursings that we have brought upon ourselves. At this point in time, the best that you can do is get yourself and your family, friends and neighbors ready for what lies ahead. Unfortunately, most people won't figure out what it takes to become prepared. This is obvious when God says that when the cleansing of the earth begins, it will begin at his house, not the pagan's house, not the satanist's house, but within his own house it will begin and spread forth from there. The greatest challenge you will face is finding out what you need to do to be as worthy as you possibly can be for the covenant blessings. If it were easy and you and your fellow Christians were already there, then God would not begin the cleansing from his own house first. He would want to protect his people, right? The reason that God begins the cleansing with His house first is because those who should have been the keepers of the covenant and were given the greatest blessings failed miserably in their stewardship to adhere to God's covenants and commandments. For many generations we have failed to raise up our children unto the Lord, and it just goes on and on and on. It is God's decree that where much is given, much is expected. That is why the destruction begins at his house. Much was given, and little or nothing has been accomplished by God's covenant people. If you think that you're a shoe in for the kingdom and exaltation, you probably need to do some additional studying and praying. Therefore, the most important thing you can do in your life right now, at this moment and every moment hereafter, is to truly understand what it is that God wants and expects from you, and then love Him and His Son Jesus Christ in the way they want and demand that you love them. Seek, knock, and ask until you figure it out. Because what we've been doing in the past and doing right now isn't working. Only once we give God what he requires can we have a reasonable assurance of the covenant blessings. Because the world will only continue to get worse and worse, having God's covenant blessings is the only real chance any of us have of making it through the refiner's fire and reaching our final destination at the end of the maze. Please visit my website at theapocalypsepapers.com for more information about what you can do to be better prepared and worthy of God's covenant blessings. Thanks for listening. If you find this information valuable, please share the message with everyone you know and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss anything.